Hi everyone and welcome back to the Home Barista Podcast for Home Baristas with me, your host Sean, aka the Drummond Barista. Hi everyone and thank you for tuning in once again to the Home Barista Podcast for Home Baristas and here we are in episode 6 and the third installment of Coffee With Me and My Barista Friends. In this series, I'll be sitting down with a fellow barista or coffee friend and getting to know them more over a cup of delicious coffee. And in today's episode, I'm so excited to be introducing you to my friend Joe, who is the owner and founder of Chilled Out Coffee Roasters from Auckland, New Zealand. Joe comes from a long background within the hospitality industry, ranging from being a barista, bartender, chef, sales rep, and now a coffee roaster. He goes into great detail about all of those positions he has held, what he learned from them, and the ups and downs that they all bring. If you aren't familiar with Joe and Chilled Out Coffee, then this is a fantastic episode for you to learn more about him and his company. This is also perfect for those of you who are thinking about getting into coffee roasting or have just started out in the coffee roasting world. Joe has learned a lot in the short two years of chilled out coffee and brings to light some fantastic points that will help you feel confident about taking this step out into the world of roasting. Just a side note for you guys, during the recording of this episode, we had some technical issues with the internet and audio connections. Some of the audio may not be synced correctly. I tried my best to get everything lined up so that it is an enjoyable listening experience for you all. Now, I hope you are all comfortable and have a delicious cup of coffee in hand because it is time to sit back, relax and enjoy. Alrighty, everyone, welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited to have Joe from Chilled Out Coffee Roasters joining me today. And Joe's right here with me. We're on a video call, um, but of course you guys can't see, but I can see him. But hey, Joe, how are you, bro? Good, mate. How's it going? Yeah, pretty good. Thank you. Pretty good. Not too bad. Chilling out um, today, which is nice. Had a bit of a chill, productive day, which has been cool. And now I'm going to spend good. the next little time with you. So yeah, man. How's your week? Um, not bad. Uh, just currently in uh, isolation. Um, currently a household yep. contact, which is, you know, a bit of a bummer. But you know, it is what it is. I'm just kind of trying to work with what we've got, and you know, just uh, you know, moving forward instead of like dwelling on it. So, mm. yeah, just been doing some work. I've uh, been tasting some coffee. Um, looking at looking for my next new release potentially. Um, there's a couple down the line potentially that I might um, that you might be interested in actually. Oh, um, will I know? I think okay. we'll be interested in a lot of people. Uh, a few other people might be interested as well. Um, but yeah, it's all in, like you know, few things down the pipeline that I'm hoping to kind of uh, release in the near future. Yeah. Cool. Epic, bro. Sounds good, man. Alrighty, well, look, we won't talk about that too much just yet. We'll get onto that a little bit later on down the line. But yeah, so uh, the reason why, and I'm super thankful uh, to have you here too, but the reason why I wanted uh, to get you on is so that people can get to know you a little bit more um, and also get to understand a little bit more about your coffee roastery, chilled out coffee roasters. 
Um, but to kick us off with, bro, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? What your background is? Who you are as a person and what makes you tick? Um, sweet. So, um, again, my name is Joe. Um, I'm originally from the Philippines. I moved here when I was 15. Um, <clears throat> growing up, I was actually an athlete. So I was a competitive badminton player since I was eight years old. Uh, wow, cool. Represented North um, North Harbour for a, a good number of years until I was about university. Trying to get into national school, but never really quite got there. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, and then also on, on top of that, I'm also a dancer. Um, still currently dancing for Freshman's Dance Crew. Cool. And nice. among, other, uh, among other things. Um yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I had this kind of similar interview with um, Sanitarium, where I currently work now, as um, the territory business development manager. Um, I was a kid that um, did every extracurricular activity that didn't involve academics. So you know, music. I did that too. I was um, I was in I was a music for a while, just you know, for like as a fun thing. Um, they sing, sing, play guitar, can play drums as well. Not as good as you do, Sean. <laughs> um, <laughs> what do you call it? You know, dancing, obviously. And then I was a voice, you know, the works, like I was trying to get out of doing anything sort of academic. Yeah. So I did every extracurricular I could and they kind of continued on, continued on till I was in, till I moved here in New Zealand and, um, but I've, I ended up focusing a lot on hospitality, um, a lot of kind of stuff. So when I left high school, I ended up actually being a chef, uh, studying to be a chef at AUT. Nice. Um, cool. So I was a chef for a little bit as well uh, for a good number of years, um, but just found that it wasn't for me. The environment wasn't for me. The The culture at the time was, it, it was in that weird kind of middle ground of like the old school mentality of like, head shifts, yelling abuse at you to get stuff done. Mm. But also at the same time, like it's starting, it was starting the movement of like, we don't need that kind of, you know, attitude in the kitchen anymore. Mm. So yeah, but I had left, I was just like, no, it was too much. And, you know, there were so many other things I wanted to do in life than just be stuck in the kitchen and, you know, have my work as my life. Mm. Um, I wasn't about to, do that so yeah that was kind cool. of thing and then went went over to be a, a bartender for a good number of years uh you know i still love doing the old cocktail um mm. but um no but never really got too creative with it just um i just like drinking it to be honest <laughs> like obviously <laughs> enjoying them like enjoy i enjoy i don't get me wrong i do enjoy making cocktails like you know there's something about like making an old-fashioned like prop a proper old-fashioned yeah delicious. like the proper way mm. rather than um you know hard and fast like some people shake it i'm like why are you shaking that like you know you should be stirring it slowly letting all that kind of stuff and you know experimenting yeah. all that's all that's fun but um you know, it's, um, yeah, I just never got really into it. But then uh, got into coffee uh, properly about six-ish years ago. Yeah. Um, and that kind of just, you know, boomed in my head, I guess. I was like, 
because it was my first job while I was in high school. I was doing that while I was in high school, like part time. Mm. Mm. Um, and I, I didn't think much of it at the time. At the time, I was just like, oh, I'm pretty good at this. I'll just keep doing it, whatever. Started getting pretty good, like decent latte art, and my espresso shots were coming out nicely, and all that kind of stuff. Like, and everything was just making sense without without me trying. Mm. That makes any yeah. sense? Like, you know how something yeah. just clicks. Yeah. Um. And then, yeah, like six-ish years ago, went back into it, started my specialty coffee journey. And mm. yeah, everything just made sense. Like, you know, when I was um, getting getting taught, like, um, dose, the dose makes um, a huge difference, how much dose you put in your basket and all that mm. kind of stuff. Um, yeah. The machine that you use, the milk that you use, the yeah. everything about, you know, espresso at the time, especially at the time I was really just really doing espresso. Um, I was just, oh, duh, it makes sense. Like if I just <laughs> change the, the tent pressure, it'll do this. Or if you change the grind setting, it'll do this. Like some people just somehow can't get, get their head around it. But then for me, for, for me, I was just understanding it. So mm. yeah. And then just kind of progressed through there and, you know, ended up competing in Latte Art and yeah. most recently Aeropress and um, yeah, all that kind of stuff epic man wow cool that's yeah that's that's a really cool story of course it sounds <laughs> like you've it sounds like you put your hands into lots of different um, aspects of the hospital world and i think as well that's probably one of the things that i love about you as well is that you've just thrown yourself into so many different sides of the hospital world and the hospital industry mm. um and so everything that you talk about and like the conversations that i've had with you um, through Instagram, talking about coffee, talking about different things and the people that you know. It's just like I know you're talking from a lot of like personal experience and a lot of personal gain at the same time because you have put yourself out there. Um, and, yeah, you've tried lots of different things, which then, of course, all of that then slots into everything that you were doing uh, when you were behind the machine, when you're working as a barista from like a day-to-day basis. Um, so, yeah, mm. super cool, man. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, man. What would you say um, through all of that time and through all of the experience that you've had, what would you say has been probably the most fun job or the most fun moment of that whole time? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, right, with, um, with all the things I've done within the hospitality industry, each kind of, I guess, era of my you know, journey in hospitality had the fun parts. Mm. Um, so when I was a chef, um, there was a, I guess there was like, there was a, I remember this one shift I had where it was, it ended up like just me running a kitchen by myself at one wow. point. Um, not because of, um, you know, there was no one there. It was just the time of like, everyone like i was the only one left because i yep. was you know uh, it was because it was a gastro pub so it was open at night and all that kind of stuff and they didn't really need a kitchen full of chefs running the kitchen if you're just going to do pizzas and deep fried stuff mm. yeah um so yeah it was like a weird time it was like uh 10 around 10 30 if i remember right uh, the bar closed at like midnight um, a group of people came in from like a, like, it was like it was a stag do. Um, 
and they were all hungry and they all wanted a pizza each and there was like what 20 of them so i had to boss out 20 <laughs> pizzas on top of like wow. uh other orders on top of that and some fries and all that kind of stuff and you know, I just bossed it out, like chucked it out all out, and even the owner was like, "That's pretty impressive." Like, I'm surprised no one came to help you. But then, they were, I think, pretty sure at that time the front of the house was short stuffed, and they're all like getting rammed as well because it was a pretty busy bar at the time. And um, yeah. yeah, like for me, that was like self gratification. Like, I can do this, but it just got to a point, um, not long, like pretty few months out down the line from then, it was just like. Nah, I can't. It's not because I can't do the job. It's more just because, like, I don't think I could. It's not healthy for my mental health mm. um, being abused by, mm. you know, your superior like that. Um, and then bartending, the I was mainly a club bartender. <clears throat> so mm. I used to work in a nightclub in Auckland called Code. Um which was like heavy, like doof, doof, like type of nightclub. <laughs> um, and it was just a blast, man. Like it was a, what was crazy about that was there was only three staff members. So me, there's me, uh, sorry, technically four. Mm. Um, so myself, another bartender, a glassy and our manager. Cool. But we would be getting like three, four hundred people through the door on like a night and it's just us four running it. <clears throat> no and way. there are, there will be nights wow. as well where we won't have a glassy. So yeah. Yeah, so we'll just like me and the other bartender would just take turns and I would and we would just like, you know, boss out again all of these cocktails and all of these drinks. But Wow. Um, we were still having fun doing it. Like, you know, not so much flaring, but like we'll, you know, do the odd like we'll throw a cup in the air and catch it and then do like everything nice. was with style. Everything was to the yeah. music as well because we, yeah. we were both dancers. So we just like, you know, just having the time of our lives, but we were like wrecking in the money. And, you know, <laughs> our manager at the time was like, man, I like, could not have asked for a better like two bartenders to be working with me. And he kept us going when unfortunately that bar is now closed um mm. has been for a few years actually and then they moved that mm. they, they moved us to another bar down in uh down in the viaduct in, here in Auckland and we did similar things but it wasn't it wasn't as fun as the last one and nothing against mm. that bar it was just like you know the experience of like having just two people running the bar cranking it and making mm. like everyone was happy we were getting like tips on tips on tips uh Sick. which was great and yeah. the music was great and the people were great um there was Sick. you know you know that's the kind of environment you want but obviously like there were, you know the the owner of the bar was like hey guys like just not don't see it going anywhere anymore so i'm just gonna sell it or close it down and then whatever and then we were just on to wow. another bar just sad, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But then I transitioned from being a bartender to like be a front of house, like restaurant bartender. So I went to a, a place called Frank's in Taikapuno, which does coffee and a bar. Mm. So they were like a, a diner type bar seating. Um, a di- yeah, I think they, were, they officially called themselves like a diner. Okay. Um, so 
I think that's kind of where I kind of got thrust doing coffee years again. Because mm. um, I didn't touch a coffee machine for a while. And then yeah. uh, went on that, went that job and they were like, oh, the, I think there was one shift where, because they hired me initially just as a bartender, which was fine. Like, you know, that's what I applied for. Um, but then they asked if anyone else knew how to make coffee because the barista at the time was had to call and sit. It's like, I haven't, uh, I haven't done it in a while, but like I can make coffee. Um, <laughs> I'm here, like, pick, yeah, me, all good. pick me. <laughs> yeah, you know, just uh, pick me, pick me, pick me. Um, <laughs> and uh, finally left. That's actually where I first um, got my experience with Coca-Cola. Cool. They were supplying that place with um, coffee. Mm. Um, and yeah, I remember the machine using an old San Remo, which was a wow great machine. Nice. But, you know, yeah. at the time, it was, like, one of the top of the line. I was like, oh, my goodness, like, this is great. So I was just having <laughs> a, a ball. Like, oh, I was like, oh, what is this new technology? Because mm. I'm so used to having, like, just press, like, switch buttons. And, like, it was, like, everything was manual. Mm. That's what I was used to. Uh, but I was glad, like, and, you know, the um, obviously it's still existing today with, the uh, you know, um, big linear, linear uh, majors, mm. like the spinny steam um steam nod as i kept going to do coffee they were like you're uh, actually pretty good at coffee do you want to be a barista every now and again it gives you more hours and all that kind of stuff or you because you you know well like yeah sure whatever like and um i think the more i got into the coffee side of things there i kind of mm. like you know started getting into latte um, a hell of a, a bit more like i was doing like itching heaps at the time cool like yeah um you know it was drawing like you know teddy bears and someone requested like dragon balls oh like yeah okay like i'll do a bit and then they were like oh my god it's amazing but then you know they you know started taking pictures of it and people started yeah. requesting like can you do like a dog can you do a teddy bear oh, yeah. and then yeah. among other things and i was like okay cool and then i think from there um i was just like you know what i can actually be really good at this and then started mm focusing more on the coffee but then also at the same time at the back of my head i was like um i kind of want to dance more because if i'm a bartender my hours are going to be friday saturday nights yeah. and most of the things yeah. that happen for dance happen at fridays and saturday nights mm. so i was like you know i'm going to shift to be a barista now i think i mean i know i know what i'm doing yeah i can make good coffee yeah um yeah let's go from there and then ended up working for Planet Espresso or Coffee Lab. Cool. Um, and that was Oakland Hospital. I was working there for a good four years. Mm. But that's kind of like where my, like I got properly introduced to uh, uh, specialty coffee. So obviously mm. at the time they were using blends, but then every now and again, they'll throw in single or- origins then. And that was my first experience single origins. Nice. Um, first time I ever had a nice. Ethiopian and espresso, and I was like, I, you know, I was just like, what is going on here? What is this flavors? <laughs> like, I've never had this before. I've never, like, I used to be a latte drinker, like from then, like, and then I went from <laughs> wow. latte to short blacks because that was intense. Wow. Like I was like, no, this is great. Like I can't have it as a milky coffee. This has yeah. to be enjoyed as a black. Yeah. And I think it kind of just like you know that just snowball effect from there and then um yeah but if anyone who's listening to this has worked in planet espresso in Auckland hospital 
knows how intense that place is when it comes to coffee. Like production mm. is literally like a coffee churning machine. Like it's a <laughs> conveyor belt pretty much. Um, yeah. There's like full baristas on at a time. It's crazy. We usually have like a competition between us on the tills because we have our own tills. Mm. It's like a bar. So like, you know, um, each, each bartender has a till. Yeah. For us, it's like each bar- barista has a bar. And you nice. get, you have two, four groups and you get two groups each. I think, I think the most I've done in, in the day or no, not in a day, a couple hours actually. Mm. Um, for, uh, cause we look at the time and then if we started from nine thirty, that's usually when the rush starts Yeah, yep. and then the rush finishes around 11, 30, nearly 12. I think the most I've done in within those couple hours would be like just under 300 coffees. Wow. <laughs> By myself in like a couple of hours <laughs> it was speed and quality yeah yeah, yeah it, it was nuts like i wish wow. i had photos of in videos of like how crazy it would be like um it doesn't help that i was one of the more personable baristas that they had there as well because yeah. like you know I'm, I'm, I'm a chatterbox like I'll, <laughs> I'll talk to you all the time and you know and um and, i mean that's how i met my partner through over, nice. over the counter on nice at the hospital yeah, so yeah um you know i'll have this big line of people down in front of me you know and all of us are really really good baristas as well we weren't just like we don't just know how to make coffee we know how we do adjust the grind we know how to do latte we knew how to do milk and it was like a superstar team really um <laughs> it sounds so yeah like working yeah, with those guys good. definitely was like a highlight mm. yeah and we were just cranking music as well like it was cool. like a nightclub but for coffee Essentially, that's kind of how it looked like. It yeah, felt like, because yeah. we were just like dancing while making coffee and like whacking the pucks out onto the knockbox, like on beat <laughs> kind of thing. And then nice. just like you know, it was it was a great, it was like a party, bro. It was yeah. literally like a party. It so like a... that's probably like one of my favorite like experiences in that particular. Mm. Like any barista would, you know, who who know, who knows and love what they do, mm. and. You know, if you're working with the same, like, people that have the same skill set, the same attitude, your same, like, you know, uh, personal, personability, is that a word? Yep. Yeah. Um, That's a word. <laughs> you will have a great time. Of course like, you will. Yeah. It's pretty funny that you touched on that because there's a couple of conversations that I've had lately with a few people about, like, the why behind someone would become a barista or like reasons, reasons why someone can become like a pretty mm. good barista. And it's so funny how mm-hmm. everybody that you talk to who is either working as a barista or has worked as a barista, they will all say that one of the main things that that is like so important is you have to have good chat. Like you have to be good at chatting to people. You know, your personality has to be good. Um, you also need to be at a point where, yes, even though it's super hard and full on every single day, you need to be 100% switched on to what's going around you because it's such a personality. Um, yeah, it's such like a personality trait that you need to be working as a barista and that customer service side of it as well. You know, just being there, being able to talk to people, having mm. the confidence yeah, to sure. talk to people. Um, yeah, it's just it's so funny how that's such a standout point and such a standout um, skill, I suppose as well. Like um, it's like to do, to be able to do what we did, 
at that mm. time. Like I'm not sure. I'm I'm sure they can still do it now. Yeah. But yeah. um, to be able to do what you did at the time, like you had to have like a really really good memory as well. Because yeah. like if you have regulars, you know the order. Of, you know you kind of prepare the order, or like at least get the cups ready. Yeah. Um, when the like five, like yeah. five people down the line. Yeah. Like you kind of get it ready, or just like you know, Singleton one, two, like I don't know, that kind of stuff happens. But you still engage with the customer in front of you, um, and you're still making sure that you're making the a good cup of coffee at the same time. Like you know, had to be that switched on mm. every time mm. is definitely a skill. That's something, it, but also I feel like it's a a some sort of a, a talent that you're born with. Like not everyone oh, can just switch on to that. Totally, you know? yeah, yeah, like. Totally. Like, you know, I, I know some people that can't even, like, did forget to put, like, I don't know, like, a, a plate, a saucer under the cup if they're taking it out to a customer. Oh, no. like that. I'm just like, dude, like, oh. you know, I've, like, or, like, I've talked to, like, um, like, every now and again, I'll work, um, like, festivals. Of mm. you know, the last festival I worked was Hidden Valley, like, a couple years ago. Oh. And one of the um, the guys that were just desperate to be a bartender and all that kind of stuff because they think it's like the coolest job ever, yeah. which it is. Like it's one of the coolest jobs ever. Mm. Um, they were like, but they had no sense, I guess, of things. Mm. Like they just think they just want to do it for the look, not mm. so much for the actual job. Yeah. Um, and and I'm not joking with you when they asked me this question they were like what's in the vodka red bull <laughs> no way oh i'm dead serious i was like i looked at him for like a solid minute and i was like did you just ask me what you asked me like that was people say there's no such thing as a stupid question but then i'm just like dude that was stupid <laughs> you want to teach people but if they're not, if they don't, they don't have the common sense to even hmm. break down what's, you know, in that, in that particular statement. And I'm just like, hmm. um, yeah. So you put a shot of vodka with wow. a can of Red Bull and give it to the cousin. They're like, oh, crazy. is that all it is? I'm like, yeah, that's yes. crazy. Like, I can't even believe that he asked you that question. Like, what the heck? I know, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, if... Like, granted, I may have asked similar questions when I first started out as a barista, uh, bartender, mm. but I'm pretty sure, like, you know, there were um, a manager at the time when I first got thrust into bartending. Mm. No, actually, you're pretty good. You asked some sort of question, but then realized you haven't been on bar before, mm. so you're fine. Mm. Like, I asked where the vodka was and all that kind of stuff, yeah. or which one's which, like, like brands and stuff like mm. that all makes sense. Yeah, like, totally. If you're not familiar with particular brands and you don't know where they're located, if they're top shelf or bottom mm. shelf or if they're, if they're just rack, you know, yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. But if you're asking me what a vodka Red Bull is, like, <laughs> let, let's, you know. <laughs> and I chatted to a couple of my mates who are still in the bar, in the bar industry and they're all like, man, I miss people that, like, he calls it our generation of bartenders in especially in Auckland mm. because the people that I used to work with or worked around or that particular generation of hospitality workers, mm. we were all onto it. We were all passionate about the job. We all knew our stuff. We mm. did our own study. We don't, we did our own research and we just wanted to be better in bartending or be better at what we did. 
but it's such a good point because that's that's such a big thing on terms of being a barista and a bartender like you say so many people get into it just because it looks cool and like you can look cool being behind the bar and you can look cool being behind the machine and it's just like well actually the moment you get into something because it looks cool is the moment you're setting yourself up to fail is probably what I'm going to say, right? Exactly. Like I know that sounds a bit harsh. No, you're, true. you're it's definitely going to set yourself up to fail because you're not going to, yeah, because you're not going to be in in the mind frame and the headset for it for the everyday of what that job brings. Actually invest in the job, like invest in the skills you don't have. If you don't want to mm. be, if you, if, you, if you know you're not going to be this for the rest of your life, then that's all right, whatever. But at least like practice yeah. and learn yeah. to be good at it while you're working in it. Because you never know, like this could potentially mm. stem into something. Cool, bro. Well, so good. And that actually leads us perfectly on to the main topic of this particular pod- podcast ep- episode. And that is uh, talking about your coffee roastery. So chilled out coffee roasters. Yeah. Um, of course, as you know, I'm a huge fan. Uh, definitely need to drink more of your coffee, 100%. Uh, but I definitely tend to just have way too much coffee on right. hand, which is a pretty decent problem to have, yeah. I suppose. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, man. But um, yeah, I would absolutely love to kind of dive into that um, a little bit more, dive into chilled out coffee. Uh, so yeah, tell us about it, man. Like where, where did it come from? Um, where did it start? Why did you start it? Um, yeah, just give us like the kind of, story of chilled out coffee roasters um yeah so chilled out coffee um that started two years ago roughly i I made it a thing two years ago um Mm. but i've been when i was still working at coffee lab i was really starting to get as as i started working at, at the actual roastery itself um I kind of started mm. getting really curious on um, roasting because I was, you know, in the presence of the roaster Anna, and uh, you know, just seeing yeah. all the stuff that she's doing, and it just caught my interest. It was just really, really interesting for me at the time. Um, and then, um, kind of. Seeing all, because I don't know if you know Coffee Lab, but they have a really, really wide range of single origins from Colombian to Ethiopia to Kenya, to Ethiopia, um, mm. so on and so forth. They just have a wide range of singles. That's that's kind of what they do. They do a lot of single origin espressos. Amazing. Um, and they don't really do much filter, mm. which is fine. Um, <clears throat> but um, yeah, it just caught my interest. It was just like, you know, how can cooking these little green things into like this little delightful brown beans, <laughs> you know, bring out so much flavor. <laughs> like, you know, like how, how is it done? Yeah. Like, yeah. What is the science? Oh, not so much a science. Like what is the art behind it? Because, you know, cause I mm. see her on, you mm. know, on the thing looking at Cropster and, um, yeah. see like you know and i'm like what are you looking at like you know and then that's kind of like just like oh seeing the roi um checking the uh rate of rise if you don't know what roi is um uh looking at the turning point look at the temperature yeah, nice. when to turn down the cool. gas when to turn up the gas when to turn up the the airflow 
and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, just like the basics, absolute basics of roasting, I was just like, no, she didn't really teach me mm. as much. It was just like, you know, she, I asked her and she'll answer. Kind of, that's that was the kind of relationship we had. Um, yeah. And, uh, cool. Yeah, it just got to a point of like, I want to learn. I want to learn how to do this because it looks like really, really fun. Nice. I, like, I also wanted to um, progress my career within coffee because, you know, I love the coffee industry, but I feel like I've put a cap on mm. myself already from in, in the barista sense because, you know, I've done latte art comps and, you yeah. know, I still sometimes will dabble into latte mm. art stuff. Like I was a judge a couple, like a couple of years ago at nationals and, um, couple like the year before that i entered um, a competition myself and got second but um you know i had all these personally that's cool thanks man like i I personally felt like i've already reached not so much a pinnacle of being a barista but more like you know i feel Mm. like there's nothing more i could do to learn apart from like new techniques in new skills, but I just, you know, just wanted more. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought roasting was the go. Um, cool. But unfortunately, they didn't have space for me to learn in in a coffee lab. They didn't have the, the mm. time to invest in me, which is understandable because, you know, it was a family-run business and it was still a very small mm. business. They didn't have the, the resources to, yeah. to train me. So I just opted to, like, go elsewhere yeah and try my luck um when part of it i went in between i went from there to a place called generosity coffee where i was um learning how to roast and all that kind of stuff um but unfortunately it was just yeah. myself and the owners just didn't quite uh we just clashed um our personalities just clashed too much and yep. um and nothing against them you know yeah, you know it. it's just one of those things um and then mm. i moved on to Kokako, um and i was there for a good solid year um hoping to be hoping to move up mm. within the in, within the company but again same same issue um with that i didn't have the time or the resources to yeah. to train a new roaster um at that time which yeah. was fine, but um, in between that, like, yeah, because when I first started at Kokako, uh, it was like a week before we went into level four lockdown for the very first time. Oh no! Really? Yeah, yeah, it was it was a, it was a crazy time, because um, as when I was starting Kokako, they actually haven't even finished the cafe yet. In Commercial Bay, Commercial Bay was still a you know construction site. Oh yeah, 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 bro. Yeah, um, we didn't get into Commercial Bay. Because after level four, and we still had to like finish up building the, the, the cafe itself, but also train the staff. So like training us how to use, the, um, K KB ninety the um which is a great machine by the way, mm, oh my fantastic goodness. machine. Uh, yeah, the mod cool. bar, you know, all the all the toys that we had, mm. we, we still we still needed to get trained for it because mm. obviously we couldn't train with it, at home because we don't have. We, I mean, I'd love to have a KB-19 <laughs> in my house, but, you know, or a mod yeah. bar. 
<laughs> both of those would be amazing to have at home. Oh, dude, honestly, a mod bar <laughs> at home with a steam one be, be amazing. Would just be a nice little centerpiece. Um, but yeah, like, but kind of while that was happening, like in between, like the whole level four, because you can't really do much, mm. you know. Um, I ended up buying myself a roaster, mm. my very first roaster oh. for my birthday. Nice. Um, but like it was a very, very early birthday present for myself. Um, <laughs> and uh, just started like playing around with it, doing research and all that kind of stuff. My good old Gene Cafe, which I still have. And sometimes we'll still roast on it if like the, if I feel like just using, using it. But yeah, started, started roasting and then started you making my coffees with the coffees I roasted. I was like, oh, you know what? I'm actually pretty good at this. <laughs> this is a really, really, you know, something I could, I think I could do. Yeah. So I started doing that and I started watching a lot of YouTube videos. Like, mm. oh my God, the, his, my YouTube roasting on roasting is just like, just, <laughs> you know, such a long list, but also like, you know, borrowing books from friends or like asking roasted mates on like, all these little questions like you mm. know i don't know stuff like when do you know to stop the roast mm. when do you um what's the ideal temperature for roasting and all that kind of stuff they're like well you know and then just you know they yell it out like you know there's a lot of variables to it mm. um depending on the beans depending on the altitude depending on the, the temperature you have you know inside of your garage yeah um all, yeah. The, all this all the stuff they all kind of you know they all make up what your final product would be. Yeah, totally. So you have to be aware of all, all these things. And yes, I just started doing that for fun and then realized for myself, like, hey, you know what? I'm actually pretty good at this. Mm. You know, like, why not? Um, and then I was thinking for a name for my, for Chilled Out. And I think I heard someone say, oh my God, good coffee is so stressful. I'm like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> good coffee doesn't have to be stressful. No. And that's kind of like my tagline. So chilled out coffee, good mm. coffee doesn't have to be stressful, mm. which I personally think is, a, you know, so true because you don't need the fanciest equipment mm. to have a delightful cup of coffee. Nah, that's up. I got this from Sam, the head roaster of Kokako. He's like, if you're cupping, yeah. you can drink that as a normal cup of coffee. Because yeah. that's essentially a plunger. Yeah, exactly. You know, you can enjoy that. Nothing wrong with that. It's, it'll be strong by the end of it. But yeah. And it would, it would be gritty, but you can you can just like you know put it through the sieve and you're good. Yeah, that's up. If you don't have like a a, a nice uh, I don't know a nice kettle or you don't have filters or mm. you know you still can make you still have a good cup of coffee with limited things. But yeah, that kind of stemmed from there, and then it just progressed from there. So cool. I started making. I, at, at first, I was just doing singles because I didn't know how to make a blend yet. <laughs> and then I started experimenting on like, okay, cool. I got a Brazil, I got a Colombia. Mm. You know, what can we do with this? Yeah. You know, they, they, those two tend to be a really, really good base for, for um, a blend. And then yeah, ended up making just mixing those two up with the, uh, the ratio they use in my blend. And voila, my with the OG blend came about, and I was like, oh, this is really good. Mm. Like, ooh, the OG. It's, it's chocolatey. It's caramely. Mm. You know, with the apple like green apple acidity kind of like sneaking in yeah. there because i mean you've had my my blend and you yeah very good yeah very very good what i like what about it is like it's it can be a job to everyone mm. and mm. you know it's something that everyone can approach yeah 
which was my goal because I wanted yeah. I want everyone to enjoy it, not just um, coffee enthusiasts. Because you know yeah. there are some blends out there that are just too intense in terms of like flavor notes, and mm. you can't really enjoy it unless you know what you're tasting. Mm. But for yeah. like the common person, it might be a bit too much. Mm. So you know, I found like I feel like I found like a good middle ground for my blend where you can have it as espresso. It'll mm. taste really really good as espresso. But you can also have it as a filter and it'll still be really, really good. Um, and then, yeah, just started doing that for a while. Fast forward to where we are now. It's like, I can't even believe like a released um, trio that you had last year. Yeah. Um, all these other delightful singles mm. and that, you know, all this stuff. And yeah, it's been a journey. It's not even two years yet. Wow. It's not even two years. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. And yeah, just touched on the trio that you spoke about. That was amazing. I absolutely loved that. There was like some really just beautiful coffees in there. I love, absolutely love the way you did it. I love the way you marketed um, that particular trio. Um, And it was just a really good celebration of what that first year of of the company was, I suppose, just like just getting some really fancy, fancy coffees in there, just really showing off your skill. And I think as well, one of one of the things that I particularly loved about it so much, and I think I said this to you too, is that I just, I felt like there was so much of yourself within those coffees. It's just like you, you'd spent, you'd spent the last year really, really thinking about it, really spending time on what it, what it was you wanted to do, like what you actually wanted it to look like, what you wanted it to taste like, how you wanted the trio to become a trio. And it was just like, when it turned up, I looked at it and I was like, this is amazing. It looks fantastic. And yeah, I was so into it. And I was so happy for you as well, just because I know you were kind of nervous about it too. And I know it was like a really big step Yeah, dude. at the same time. Because yeah. of course it was the very first time you've done something like that before. You were still quite new to it. So yeah. I was super proud of you, bro. Honestly. Thanks, man. No, I really appreciate that. Because, eh? um, yeah, as you said, I was really nervous because, you know, mm. um, I don't have like a, a proper mm. roaster. Like, I'm not saying my roaster then was not a proper one, but, you know, I didn't have the mm. controls as much as I do now. Um, yeah. I didn't have the, yeah. the knowledge that I do now. I literally was roasting by gut. And, mm. like, I mm. think that's okay. Kind of like that was kind of yeah. like, the way I was, was where I was going with it <laughs> and I was like freaking out man I was like crap I don't want to like top this coffee up and then it will be like average um but I was like <laughs> you know yeah I was pleasantly 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 surprised in how it turned out um and I can only imagine what that trio would be like now with the skills that I have and not that I have mm. a lot but you know I have acquired yes. a lot more skills. I have a new roaster um, that has that allows mm. me a lot more control mm. than I did the last one. You know, can only see. I can only imagine what that would be like now. Unfortunately, like the 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 grain the grains aren't available at the moment. Oh, true. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're still coming. I mean, you can. I think you can get them, but it's just like a different kind of. They could do a different crop at the moment. Yeah which I'm not too bothered about. Like I kind of want to try something different. So I'm trying some yeah. coffees at the moment from Opal Coffee. Nice. Uh, from down in Christchurch. Mm, yeah, yeah. Big up uh, Christchurch. A couple, of, uh, couple of goodies from there. I might not do a trio this year though for my two-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. I might just do the one. Cool. But, you know, that's something that you might just have to watch out for. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, you heard it here first, people. You heard it here first. I love that. Yeah, bro. I am. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'll be absolutely stoked for that because I've been looking into the Opal guys. They seem really cool. Uh, the coffees and stuff they get in seem, well, sound like they're going to be delicious. And I know that lots of people love them. They've got a really good name. So. Yeah, I've had a couple already. Yeah, Craig, um, Craig's kindly sent me over some really, really good samples. Beautiful. And um, there's a couple there that are, oh, honestly, they're all front runners. I told him, like, I can't decide, dude. Like, I told him I can't decide which one I want to use. I think it'll, at the end of the day, I'll just, kind, um, I'll just go off my gut and see what could, like, sell, um, which one also would be like enjoyed by a lot of people rather mm. than just coffee enthusiasts yeah kind of like how i look at my blend yeah um i mean i potentially could just make another blend as like a special two-year thing mm. um but we'll see it's just it's one of those things i do want to release something really big not so much really big but yeah. like something quite special cool when it comes to the coffee side of things yeah. uh, at some point soon epic bro so cool man well i'll be i'll be 100 eyes on looking at all your social media like jumping on it as soon as it comes out just to touch on the roaster which you've got because i know you've updated the roaster but the last bag of coffee that i had from you was roasted on your new roaster and the difference when the difference on terms of like how 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 the beans were roasted the consistency of like the roasted bean and also the taste as well. Like it was a lot more refined compared to like the very first roaster you had, of course, because like you touched on, you're able to spend a bit more time really working on roasting the coffee, looking into it. And like, I suppose in a way, manipulating the roast just a little bit more, like it gives you a bit more space to experience, um, sorry, not experience, gives you a bit more space to experiment uh, with the roast just a little bit more as well so yeah i'm super excited for like the two-year anniversary and then all of the other coffees that you'll be bringing out so yeah i'm stoked man i can't wait yeah man for sure like it's uh yeah it's definitely been like a really interesting ride like yeah. at the moment especially because i'm in isolation i've been playing around with certain you know different roast profiles uh drum speed and temperature yeah, and all this stuff yeah. like just trying to see what what ticks and what kind of works with certain coffees mm. and i've been successful so far which has been really really cool. good i haven't had like some i haven't had a experience of like this is such a coffee yeah. like some of them were like oh this is really interesting yeah one of them would taste like quite woody mm-hmm. but then in a delightful way it would taste yeah. like you're drinking it smells like your the taste doesn't affect and the smell don't match which i found really really odd yeah so like it smelled like fresh wood like it smelled like wood like wow but then you're drinking it, it's like nice and earthy, fruity. Yeah. And I was like, this is a strange sensation, but I also <laughs> quite like it. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. But I don't know if people would like it mm. kind of thing. Mm. So, yeah, it's just finding like, um, finding ways of like playing around with coffee. Mm. And that's kind of where I'm at at the moment when it comes to the next couple of weeks. Epic. Hey, look, I want to ask, um, want to ask a a couple more questions, but I want to kind of go down a little bit of a line for people who are listening to this particular episode who are thinking about moving into the coffee roasting space. So it's just a couple of questions I have. But the first one just being, what would you say to somebody who is just going to get into roasting and they've asked you the question of what are the ups and downs? Like, because there has to be quite a few ups and downs, right? I suppose from... so. For me, talking from talking from experience of what I've seen 
through working at a couple of different companies that have like a roastery attached to the company. I've seen that there's been like a fire within the actual coffee roaster itself, like the chaff and all of like the buy what's it products that come off of coffee that seems to set on fire quite a lot and quite easily. So yeah, answer that question for us, bro. What are the ups and downs of coffee roasting if there is any? And yeah, just just give it to us. Ups mate. and downs. Uh, uh, I'll start with a positive, eh? <laughs> yeah, go for it. You get to try a crap load of coffee. <laughs> nice. You know, uh, it, it kind of gets you thinking a lot. Mm. Um, like, yeah. say, I have a Brazil, I have like a 10 kilo bag of it. Yeah. Oh, you know, at the, at the start of it, when I started, when I was starting off, I was thinking, okay, how am I going to, what, what's worth, uh, what profile I'm going to use for this particular yeah. one. So I did like, I broke down a kilo into like several different, two smaller, smaller groups. And I, um, roasted them in all different roast profiles, mm. um, just to see what works. Yeah. So I was heavily caffeinated for a long time, um, which is I I personally think is a positive. Oh, you know, yeah, one hundred percent. I'm all about negatives it. Negatives is, um, as you said, like roasters mm. going on fire. Mm. Like I've had that happen. The what do you call them? The process of it was mm. um, quite a quite a different one. Right, as double anaerobic fermented. Um, so like the the chaff of it is quite sensitive to heat. Okay. So, yeah, it'll be like, I'll literally be seconds from reaching first crack and then I see ember inside no the roaster. Like, oh, like, you know, <laughs> just freaking out. So I had to like shut off the roaster and then get the fire off and then mm. off, and I ended up like having to roast it while it was still hot to kind of keep the to keep oh, it going. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. I, you know, yeah, so there's a lot of trial and error. Mm. Also, like, you'd be prepared to lose a bit of money at the start. Mm. If you, especially if you're starting out as a uh, roastery. Yeah. Be prepared to, like, lose out on, like, a little bit of money because yeah. it's an investment. It know? is. You buy a roaster, you buy greens, you you will end up burning some coffee. Yeah. Sometimes you just forget it's there. Yeah. You get distracted. Yeah. And you have charcoal, so sweet. It got fire starters sick. You know, that kind of stuff just goes down the drain. And it's like, crap, it's like 25 bucks gone or whatever. Like, wow. however much those beans were, like, mm. you, that's always going to happen. So just be prepared for that. But also be prepared to, like, oh. not like the end product mm. of, what, of what you're trying. Because, mm. and again, that's like, not so much a waste of money. Um, it's like a learning curve. I call that a learning curve. Yeah. And nice. don't call it a waste of money. But it will hurt your pockets for a bit. Like, it's... Uh, it's something that you kind of just have to like bite the bullet. Like, okay, cool. So I know what not to do mm. <laughs> for that particular bean or for this particular. <laughs> so I'm going to try the opposite end of it, see how that works. I'm going to find a middle ground. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess my biggest advice to uh, anyone who wants to start their own. Yeah, bro. Their own thing is just do it. Nice. You know, just um, start it. Kind of learn as you go. Um, rather than like, am I good at like, rather than just study, 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 mm. and then think that you're not ready. Because mm. you never know when you're ready until you actually do it. Mm. Right, that's so good, man. You know, you can only study it so much, but then there are things that 
there's some things that you learn while doing the thing that you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't know much about drum speed until I started like looking into. I'm like, huh, mm. okay, cool. Mm. Like the the book doesn't mention anything about this and all this stuff. So I'm like, okay, cool. Just you'll have. I had to experiment. I had no choice. I already had a roast going in there. Yeah. So, um, just changed the drum speed. Checked how the you know the 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 curve yeah. was going like how the bean temperature and the outside temperature was going yeah all that kind of stuff and then how do i manipulate that like that stuff you don't learn from a book that stuff you learn through doing exactly so mm. you know you'll never be fully ready like you can talk to so many experienced five more experienced roses than me mm. And they'll say the exact same thing, mm-hmm. especially if they're roasting a brand new bean. Mm. You know, I mean, for a while there was only the two, the two processes: naturals and wash. Yeah, yeah. Now there's like fermented, and there's <laughs> then there's honey, and then there's the double anaerobic, and then all these intense like new processes. <laughs> yeah, and you know, how do you tackle? How do you tackle these? Yeah. Like, how? What do you do? Yeah. Like for example, Sam, mm. um, our head roaster at Kokako, mm. when. He got when when we got wind at the time of us, we're getting a gesher, mm. a fair trade organic gesher, wow, which is unheard of yeah, at the time. Unheard of. You know, we had a Mexican gesher, for this fair trade organic. Yeah, he got he got the he got the of it, and he's like, "Crap, what do I do? How do I tackle <laughs> this? Because you don't want to waste the money of it. Because anyone who knows gesher, yeah, knows that a sack was caught will cost you more than a you know, yeah. it's weight in gold. Yeah, totally. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Especially if it's fair trade organic. I'm pretty sure what he did was he 500 grams out of the whole pellet mm. and then did a few sample roasts of that and then based it from that. Yeah. Wow. Like, that's just how he did it. <laughs> right? Instead of like doing a big test batch because you can't, can't waste it if you no. muck it up mm. with that test batch that's like so much money gone yeah so much money and you know and it was like a I'm pretty sure it was a wash but still like the fact that it was a Kesha you just have to learn mm. while you're doing it mm. <clears throat> any any head roaster any roaster that you you will talk to will say the same thing yeah. that you can't just just no single way of roasting a particular bean yeah so, again, my suggestion to anyone who wants to get into it, yeah. just do it. Study, obviously. Mm. Don't just go out in a limb and buy a roaster and then, like, you know, <laughs> buy, you know, I'm going to be a roaster yeah. now. Like, yeah. no. Like, you know, look mm. into it. But then also, like, just once you've kind of decided, like, okay, cool, I actually will have the patience to study. I will actually have the patience to learn mm. um, what the ins and outs of this particular skill that you're learning, mm. just do it. Mm. Just invest in yourself. Like, um, and then just go from there. Don't just like twiddle your thumbs and be like, am I ready? Am I ready? Like, you, you, no one's for it. Like no one's really ready. Mm. Let's be honest mm. until they actually do it. Until they do it. Bro. Yeah, exactly that. That's, that's a hundred percent true. And that's exactly one of the things that I say to so many people that asked me that exact same thing, like not, of course, to do with roasting, but of course, to maybe start up like a social media profile or 
startup, like a coffee kind of profile or something like that. They're just like, well, how do you do it? What did you do to get it to a point where you're at now? Or like, what did you do to start it? It's just like, well, first and foremost, you just need to do it. You know, you just need to set it up. But exactly like you said, and I want to really put the emphasis on that point of research, like study, research, get yourself out there to people, have a conversation with a few other people that are within your circles. If you happen to be within those circles who are either roasting already or who are doing something already and yeah, just get out there, ask questions and study. Oh, do hundred percent. And what the great thing about um, the coffee community Mm. here in New Zealand anyway, Mm. is that a lot of us will actually help each other. Yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll end up like, say if you ask someone a question, they'll gladly answer, Mm. you know, or they'll point you to the direction of someone who can answer your yeah, question. Totally, that's it. Um, which I think is a really, really good trait that we have in this industry. Mm. Like a like a good friend of mine, Maddie from B Specialty. Mm. Um, I ask him a couple of questions. He'll be like, "Oh, dude, try this, try that," and then turns out really good. Nice. <clears throat> I have the same conversations with um, Eloise from sorry, Eloise from Right. Um, she's been a really, really good friend of mine over the years mm. through the whole roasting process. And, mm. you know, she's been quite supportive of, <clears throat> of chilled out. Cool. Um, and I asked her a question she'll be, she'll try to answer it, you know, as honestly as possible yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And like, it's really, it's really lo- lovely to have someone, some, like people like those people like them, mm. um, to kind of like lean on if i need like help kind of thing because mm. you know sometimes like you don't no one has all the answers no. but like you know it's good to talk to people to have the experience mm. or the knowledge and you'd have this great rapport with to kind of like help ask for help for mm. from sorry yeah no that's cool man yeah yeah for sure and that's actually like a yeah and that's a really beautiful point it's just like yeah over here over here i suppose we're so blessed with the coffee industry that we have that because it is such a small industry still compared to all of the other giants of the world, we are still at a point where even though we have a lot of techniques in place, Mm -hmm. a lot of um, younger, smaller batch kind of roasteries or just smaller kind of companies that are hungry to try something new, hungry to try out some different techniques, um, experiments, innovations, um, yeah, we're at a really good point where we really want to put ourselves on the map. Mm. And yeah, like you say, getting into those places and being able to go out and ask people and people actually help you is so cool because there's nothing worse than building up the confidence in yourself mm. to be like, I'm going to go and talk to this person. You get really excited about it. And then they just completely shut you down. And you're like, whoa. And that would just completely turn you away, which I've heard of that happening in yeah, so many yeah, yeah. other places. But I love that about... New Zealand is that that's not a thing for us, you know, like we are here, like the whole country is doing this together. We're a massive community and everybody loves what they're doing. And it's such a big part of it's, it's also such, such a big part of Kiwi culture, like the coffee, um, going to a cafe, supporting your local people. It's such a big yeah, part sure, of man. what makes the people, the people and what makes the industry. So yeah, it's beautiful. As you said, we are so blessed mm. to have like a, a community that like, for example, um, myself, uh, 
no, let's take Jay for example. Mm. Jay from First Hand. Yeah, nice. Like, yeah, bro. She works at the coffee roastery, but and they bought like one of each of my beans, yeah. and then they send me feedback. Yeah, so good. And I'm like, that's amazing. Heck yeah. Mm. Like these are the things like I love. Yeah. You know, and then they, they obviously they don't need to buy coffee from from a small like little roastery like myself, no. but they do. Yeah, but they do. And mm. you know. Jay's bought like a few of my beans from like now and you know just absolutely enjoys it I'm glad that she's getting into roasting now yeah it's cool um, mm. and she has one of the best people to learn from mm, true true um, and yeah like that all that kind of stuff is so good mm. and it does you know it's just like yeah as you say it's just a blessing and we're all like trying each other's coffees like you know from your post about the that your instant coffee week, yeah, like I ended up buying the first hand instant and I'm nice. like enjoying, I'm savoring the whole thing, <laughs> bro. How good yeah. is that instant coffee though? Oh, it's amazing, yeah, dude. It's like, I ended up making good. myself an espresso martini with it, nice, like, <laughs> love it, yeah, just playing around with it. Like, because mm. I have, I have some, some stuff at home to make, you know, and I was like, huh, I wonder what it'll taste like as a espresso martini, yeah. and just uh. Did like an espresso amount of water, yeah, and then just you know rolled with it, and it was like, oh, yeah, oh, I know, so good. it was amazing, cool man. Hey, look, um, talk to me, talk to me about what has been your favorite coffee you have roasted, and why. I think I, I think I'll probably, I think I probably know what the answer may be to this, but I could be wrong. I would say that it would probably be one of the trios or like all of the trio that you did for the one year anniversary but yeah what's been your favorite coffee you've roasted and why that's a toughie eh? it's, a, <laughs> it's a good question just because like it's a big question because i've gone through hell and back with my old roaster mm. um you know especially sitting on fire and all that yeah. stuff and you know i was just trying to get good roasts with it um i mean you're right <laughs> with the trio like the especially the miss alta your favorite yeah. of the three that was a really really like i was pleasantly surprised mm. at how that turned out because like it was a delicious yeah. natural. Um, Prosperia was probably my favorite one that yeah. came out of that roaster. But in my recent roaster, the current Colombia that I've got, the Acevedo, um, oh, that yes. came out so much better than I thought it would. And because uh, it was like my first big release for that yeah. particular roast. Um, uh, since I changed roasters, and I was like, oh, okay, this is. Um, yeah just came out so much yeah. better than I thought it would I mean it's the same with the Rwanda as well like um, uh, mm. the Magic Rice oh, yeah. he got it cool. and I asked him because like it, I didn't really Ant Ant, Ant. there you go Ant he um, yeah I didn't really like talk that particular bean up as much uh, yeah. just because I wasn't really sure on how it was tasting because Rwandans can be quite finicky mm. and he was like bro it's so good it was amazing and I was like mm. oh sick but yeah definitely the new Colombian that mm. I've got had mm. I think it got the most positive reviews from people after the trio. True. It, it was just like a pleasant surprise. It, like, you know, it was a double yeah. swim into Colombia and, you know, Epic. it was just fun to watch it. Like, uh, you know, the smell mm. of it coming from after roasting, it was in what sucks. The, like, this is another kind mm. of downside when you're roasting as well. Like you kind of get des- desensitized. Like everyone was like, oh, your house must smell amazing when you're roasting. Yeah. But then I'm like, I can't smell anything yeah. anymore unless you put my i put my nose straight <laughs> onto the thing but you know that's yeah. not very sanitary yeah. <laughs> um but at first like 
when you say like the day after, a couple of days after you roast, mm. a roasted that um, that Colombian, I was like, whoa, hello, how's this going? Like, how are you going? Uh, it's like, I don't know, mm. I don't know how to describe it. It was like, mm-hmm. like those little tiny teddy like biscuits with like the jam in the middle. I think the one that um, Jay was talking about, those biscuits, I was like, I actually smell like that. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. that's so Oh yeah, the Shrewsbury. Yeah, there you go. The, the Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury biscuits. Yeah, yeah, that's what she was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What she yeah. said? Yeah. I was like, oh my god. Oh, I was like, man. Honestly, honestly though, I have to say that coffee was that coffee was amazing. Like absolutely amazing. You sent it to me. Well, you were telling me about it before you sent it mm-hmm. over to me, and then and I was like stoked on it because I thought to myself, yes, Joe's got a double fermentation. Like I'm here for it. And it's Colombian. Like I, I was, I was buzzing. Like, I was absolutely buzzing. And then it turned up, and I opened the bag, and the, and yeah, exactly like what you were saying. Like the, the smells that was coming out of the roaster, the smell that came out of the bag, was just oh, it was unbelievable. Like I loved it, and I just looked at it, and then, I, and then when you grind oh, it as well, like yeah, and then when you grind it, oh yeah. 100% I was just like this is unbelievable it, it intensifies yeah. yeah it's crazy like what I like to say like this is what I like talking to people like yourself from no coffee mm. like mm. the whole the stages of it from whole bean to ground yeah. and then yeah. when you brewing it the smells like yeah. change as those processes Amazing. happen right yeah and yeah. like when I when I first like cupped it when I first like decided on what profile I was going to use with that particular or the yeah. Cervedo when I yeah. when I um, cupped it and then they did the whole the first like swoosh yeah and I was like whoa hello how's it going like it was just like <laughs> no this is just crazy like it does like it does smell like jam biscuits like that's essentially what yeah. it does yeah. it's jam biscuits like or yeah. like yeah, jam filled scones like that's kind of like the the feel I was go- getting from it. it yeah it was just like it was you know it's just strange to get that kind of aromas and smells and sensations from coffee mm. people think oh all coffee is like yeah all coffee is the same no, it, like the thing is it's not like and and I mean I agree with the whole like fla- you shouldn't rely on flavor profiles because each person is um, different everyone has different taste buds mm. everyone has all these different things but mm. then kind mm-hmm. of like but i feel like it's still needed to have that on the bag of the coffee yeah. that you're getting just so like you know kind of like not so much what to expect but like yeah what kind of vibes you should be getting from it like i feel like we should change yeah. it just from flavor profile to like the vibes of these are the yeah. vibes oh. i'm getting from it like yeah you know yeah, yeah. listen this Imagine. like because you know and like for example for you you were getting like amaretto from one like i think you got it from the momenta alto when you ground it you smell yes. like amaretto for me it smelled it's yeah. like um cheer like cherry like in, in cherry liqueur or something like that like that's kind of what i was getting from. oh yeah okay the, the thing like i think i can't remember who i was talking to about this but then um all these things with the flavor profiles smell profiles it usually taps into a memory that you've got mm. and it reminds you of something. Yeah. So I feel like I might change the, instead of like flavor profile, I might change the sh- like the branding on my thing to be like, gives me the vibe of dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Nice. Just to kind of like, yeah. you know, 
just to be a little bit different, mm. but some like, but also at the same time be a little bit more honest. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, I'd be like, on because like honestly, like the like the Rwanda, for example, yeah. it smells like I was drinking fruit punch. <laughs> So there we go, guys. I hope that you have enjoyed today's episode and you are leaving knowing more about Joe and Chilled Out Coffee. Once again, apologies for the slight technical issues that we had during the recording, but I hope that the content that I managed to capture was inspiring, helpful, and motivational for you guys. For those of you who are starting out within the roasting world or wanting to dip your toe in, I hope that the conversation between me and Joe was inspirational and beneficial for you. I've linked all the social media handles for Joe and his company in the show notes, so make sure to check those out and grab yourself a bag of coffee at the same time. If you have any more questions at all around today's episode, please send me an email at thedrumminbarista at gmail.com and I would love to continue the conversation and help you along the way. Same goes for if you have any feedback around today's episode, I would love to hear it as it helps me keep you as the listener in mind and to make sure I'm bringing content that you are enjoying and finding useful. And if you haven't already, consider hitting that follow or subscribe button so that you can be notified of all future episodes dropping right here on the podcast. Thanks once again for tuning in to the Home Barista Podcast for Home Baristas. And I will see all you beautiful coffee lovers in the next episode.